Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. beautiful mamas. One of my favourite words, a word that I choose to live by every day, is grace. I think grace embodies how I want to feel as a mama and a woman, as a community member, a sister and a daughter. I want to live with grace, but it's taken me a long time to really understand what that word means. Now I feel like it embodies the way that we show up even when it's hard. We forgive ourselves. We walk, talk, live and act with such kindness and resilience and we believe deeply in ourselves. A book came across my desk a couple of months ago called Living with Grace and as I opened it and started to read it, I immediately knew that I wanted to interview the author and share it with you. The author's name is Kathy Spooner. She is a mama who suffered a lot of mental illness after arriving at motherhood and also has had to process the diagnosis of one of her children with autism. She has found her own definition of grace. And in this interview, not only do we talk about those dark times and how you can come through them with grace, but I think one of the most powerful things Kathy shares is the regret, the anger, the sadness that you can feel about missing out on some of those beautiful moments in motherhood because of something like postnatal depression or anxiety. Looking back, feeling sad that, yes, I missed out on that because I was not well or because it was so tough. And I think finding grace in those moments is the absolute key. Make sure you listen all the way to the end because Kathy has offered us all an amazing discount on her book. So listen in the end and I'll share it with you. But for now, enjoy. This is the Happy Mama Movement, a weekly podcast dedicated to changing the conversation about what it means to be a mother and a woman in this day and age. I'm Amy Taylor Cabaz, author, mama, and former journalist. 
After spending 15 years chasing news and burning myself out trying to be Superwoman, I realised that I was chasing a dream that no longer served me, and since then have dedicated myself to understanding the transition that we go through as women when our whole identity shifts with motherhood. Every week, I will bring you the very best insights and inspiration I can find to help us all change the way we feel about this time in our lives and create a movement that allows us to honour motherhood differently. Kathy, welcome to the podcast. I'm so grateful that we could speak today. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I'm really excited to be here. It's always nice to chat to another mama and talk about the real stuff. I know. It is really lovely. It's almost like little therapy sessions, these recordings, I find. Um, And as soon as your book landed on my front door, I knew that I wanted to speak to you because you used my favourite word in your title, in your beautiful book, Living With Grace, because in my own experience of more than 10 years of parenting, I think living with grace is how I would describe my goal for each and every day. So first of all, thank you for putting a book like this out into the world. I can't wait to share it with all of the listeners. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's um, It's been a bit of a love mission of mine, um, writing the book and, and sharing such an important message, just like you're doing, because I think living with grace is something that that's what all of us mums are really seeking, aren't we? And we just, sometimes we feel like we just don't know how to get there. So I am really, really passionate about sharing my journey and hopefully that helps other mums. It will. It always does when we share our stories, which is what this podcast is all about. So I often like to go back to the beginning because as you all know, my passion is to talk about the transformation that we go through as women when we become mothers and that real change of identity. But I first want to say that the way that you begin your book with that preface, I'm just going to read a little bit of it to all of the mummers listening. I'm standing on the front steps late at night. The kids are asleep, but only just. It's been one of those days, weeks, heck, I don't even know when I didn't feel like this. I'm numb. Numb from exhaustion, numb from thinking, numb from worrying and numb from judging. I feel like I want out, but my life is good. So why? I should be happy, but I don't know how to be. Oh, reading that was just straight into my soul. I know that experience so well, and I know that my audience do too. So, Can you talk to us about how you got to that point of standing on those front steps late at night and wondering why am I not happy and why do I feel like this? Let's go back to the beginning and the beginning of motherhood for you. Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, before that moment happened, I went into motherhood like most mums with a beautiful rose-coloured vision of what motherhood would be like and, you know, I had people saying to me it'll be tough and I'd be like, yeah, I know but you really don't know until you're in the middle of it. And I'm the type of person that's very much a nurturer just by nature. That's even outside of motherhood. That's just 
that's who I am and I threw myself into being a mum. I was just like, this is what I want to do. I was happy to like, you know, put my massage career on the side for a bit. I was just all in with being a mum. But another side of that motherhood journey that started right from the really, really early days was that I put so much pressure on myself and Mm. I judged myself more gosh, I didn't even need to be doing all of that. And I just, when I look back at that time and how I got to that moment on the stairs, um, you don't realise exactly how you're treating yourself. You don't realise that you're creating a, a story around motherhood um, that is it's self-imposed, a lot of it. And it's I think that moment when you realise, hang on a minute, I do have a bit more control over this situation because A, I don't have to judge myself. B, I don't need to be critical and uh, and ashamed and feel guilty. And C, taking care of me is more important than anything else right now. And it took me a long time to for that to really sink in. And to be honest, that's a daily practice for me. I'm practicing those those things all the time. But that moment on the stairs, yeah, gosh, that even when you read that part of the book back to me, it still gives me goosebumps. I can vividly remember um, how deep that pain was sitting for me, you know, wondering why I'm supposed to be feeling so good but I don't and why motherhood feels painful and scary and like I don't want to be a mum right now and this is not what I signed up for. That's a very... Um, a very daunting and overwhelming feeling for any mother to experience because not a lot of people hear the really, really, really down and dirty truth about motherhood. And, you know, we'll hear about dirty nappies and, you know, vomit stained t-shirts and things like that. But um, I think now it's becoming more prevalent that, that mums are being so open about the emotional toll that it can take and how you can feel so torn between motherhood and the other side of your womanhood that is still sitting there just it's hard to balance the two you've you've said it beautifully and do you think that that's what it was on those steps and all throughout your book you've shared your journal entries which I really loved because I think it's a beautiful way to show other women and other mothers that this is what the internal dialogue can look like I don't want to do this anymore I don't want to feel this way I want to be happy I don't want to do this why do I not love this just that beautiful insight that you share now standing where you are today do you think it was that loss of identity and, as I call it, the inner split that we experience in motherhood, which is I adore these children and I want to be with them and care for them and nurture them, but on the other side, oh, my gosh, I'm drowning. Where am I? Is that why you felt that lack of happiness? Yeah, I mean, I think that that was the the biggest part of the piece for me, like the, this huge piece of the puzzle that I didn't understand at the time, you know. You can listen to that voice inside that's saying to you, um, you know, I'm so torn. Why one moment, like you said, do I feel like I'm just adoring my children and in the next moment I still love them but I want to be as far away from them as possible and why is this causing me stress, you know, and you can listen to that inner voice but then there's a part of us that 
tries to make us feel guilty for feeling that way. And I don't think that a lot of mums actually ignore the inner voice. I think we hear it and we know how we feel deep inside, but we don't feel in some ways justified for feeling that way. And so that's when we try to push it down. And for me on the steps, that's 100% it. I was, there was such a divide between how I felt in myself and the reality and how much of how real I was being about how I felt and then this expectation. Mm. There was two sides of that and I was just, I couldn't balance it. I didn't understand it. It caused me so much pain and that just continued to sort of, I tried to push it down and then it would just continue to evolve and get bigger and bigger until I was just in such a bad headspace that I mean, it's, it's taken me years to come back from some of some of the stuff that um, I guess not dealing with those emotions, you know, sort of beating myself up about feeling that way when the reality is all mums feel like this, like we're human beings. We're not created just to be a mother. That's one beautiful part of who we are, but it's not the only part. And when we try to battle between what's, okay to feel and what's not okay to feel and what you want and what you should have and what all that it gets so complicated and so heavy for us to carry and that's why we end up with postnatal depression and anxiety as you had um in your whole experience of motherhood this is why we lose ourselves in these moments and so how have you been able to live with grace from this you know Take us right back to that realisation of uh, I've lost myself here. Uh, I am not happy. What am I going to do about this? How am I going to come out of this darkness? What are the first steps that you took to help you move out of that place? Well, the very first thing that I realised that I needed to do was to just accept that that was how motherhood was for me. And I think a big part of the whole journey to welcoming grace into my life was to realize that grace doesn't actually just mean that things are perfect and I feel amazing all the time and I'm always feeling grounded and happy and my cup is full. That's amazing. That's when I feel like I'm totally in that space of grace and everything's flowing beautifully. But for me, I had to realize and accept that the journey to grace meant there was going to be times when things weren't perfect and I had to accept that that was a part of my motherhood journey. That's a part of life and to have um, to always be wondering why things aren't perfect or hoping for things to be better and wondering why I can't get my stuff sorted, you know, and getting frustrated at myself. I had to accept that there would always be moments when I didn't feel strong or when the kids are completely losing it and I'm losing it, you know. So I think acceptance for me was the very first step of being able to even start to make my journey towards welcoming grace in every day. And how do you do that? Because I I share the same tip with mamas all the time that this is about self-compassion and acceptance, that we're not looking for perfectionism here. You are a human being figuring this out and all of us get it wrong and all of us have those moments that we're not proud of. But it's hard to take it from hearing those words 
in a podcast like this and actually practicing it on a day-to-day, minute-by-minute basis. So let's get practical. How did you start giving yourself that grace, that acceptance, that compassion? Well, the first thing I did was I started journaling. So I knew that for me during the daytime, I would not always be able to, in a moment, be more compassionate towards myself or act with kindness. At that point in time, at the start of my journey, I was in like a really horrible headspace and the the dialogue I used to use with myself was awful. Like I didn't have a lot of compassion or support for myself. I was being really, really hard on myself. So I realized that in the moment, I probably didn't have the capacity to be able to speak with kindness or think back over something and kind of rephrase that in my mind. So I started a journal and at the end of every day, I would sit down and think about the day and what had happened and how I had reacted or the way I treated myself or my children or my husband. And I would look at all of the events of the day, reflect on them, make notes in my journal, and then I would have the space to be able to act with compassion because I knew that, like I said, I couldn't do it during the day, but it didn't matter when I did it. In reality, as long as there's an awareness and you can go, actually, okay, so today wasn't so bad. You know, I sort of thought that I was being this like crazy mom and, you know, I'd let down my husband because I didn't make dinner and blah, 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 all that stuff. But when you look back at it in the day and you write it down, there's so much clarity that comes with journaling. I find that it really pulled me out of some of the heaviest places. So that was one of the first things I did. I started journaling. It was practical. I could see in front of me that actually I'm not a horrible mum. Like I'm doing okay, you know, but I think in the, in the moments during the day, sometimes it's so hard to, to see with clarity. We still have these eyes of judgment sometimes, which makes it so hard for us to move forward. Absolutely. And it's so much easier for us to focus on the one or two bad bits or the one or two things we didn't get to than to focus on all the things we did. It's just a natural wiring of our brain, isn't it? That we naturally seek out the evidence of our failures so much more easily than we naturally seek out the evidence of our wins. It's just the way we've been programmed in this society from birth. And so it is a retraining of yourself to to catch yourself. I know sometimes when I'm getting into bed at the end of the night and and running through all the things I didn't get to, I, I do a similar thing. I think right back to the moment my alarm went off that morning and go through every single thing I did And I realized, oh my gosh, I did heaps. I did a really good job today. In fact, I probably couldn't have done any more. So it's like a training program for yourself, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think that any mum that, you know, undertakes the journey of trying to find that grace and to find more balance in her life um, is essentially signing up for, like you said, a, a, a retraining. Like I, in my book, I speak about, re-loving ourselves it's like in some ways we when we become mums we take on all this stuff and we don't know what to do with it and then over time during our motherhood journey we have to unpack all of that and learn to re-love ourselves in so many new ways because motherhood just brings out so many beautiful things in us but it also is for me I feel like it's 
the biggest challenge I've ever experienced in my life, my greatest journey, but humbling yet so challenging. It's it's um it showed me parts of myself that I don't think any other experience in life could have. So I guess when you go in that into that motherhood journey and you're searching for grace, you are you are signing up for for a bit of work and um, a constant process. I mean, this is something that I revisit every day. I by far do not have all of this mastered, um, but I feel like I could get a little bit better at it every day. Oh, I agree, as do I. But I just want to pull out something you said then, which I think is really, really important. I totally agree with you that I think motherhood has this phenomenal ability to actually bring our crappy bits to the surface quicker than anything else. (laughs) I've literally spent years researching this through ways of, you know, coaching hundreds and hundreds of mums. And I know that I've heard so many times, I was never even an angry person. I never even raised my voice before a child came along. And then suddenly these parts of myself that A, I don't like, and B, I've never even seen before Mm. coming to the surface. And what I think is really important here is to actually acknowledge that that is the job of motherhood. In my opinion, that is the role of matrescence, of the transformation we go through as motherhood. Its key role is to awaken you in all ways, and that includes, as you said, the dark parts coming up, sometimes pushing you into places and thoughts and and reactions that you never would have had in any other experience. And instead of judging yourself for being so bad at this, actually see it as, oh, this is what's meant to happen. This is so I can evolve and my children can evolve and the planet can evolve. We're going through this so we can grow and awaken and heal all of it. Don't you think? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think it's being a mother is like you can't be the best version of you in all aspects and all senses of that word if you're not embodying like your true self. Mm. And when you're judging yourself and when you're pushing down those dark feelings and all the horrible stuff that gets brought up when you're a mum, you you have to you have to work through it because your kids need you to be the best version of you and that will only happen when you're willing to go oh you know what actually like parts of this make me feel crazy parts of this motherhood journey are not what i signed up for and like you said you know when people are like i'm i see parts of myself that i don't like when i'm a mum and that's all all of this is shining a light on something that we need to pay attention to. In reality, it's motherhood, as hard as it can be, is the most beautiful opportunity for you to be the best you. And that's what your kids need you to be because we're we're leading by example, right? Like if we can be the best us and, 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 that, and by best, I'm not saying that we're perfect. I'm really open with my kids. Like when I make mistakes, um, which I do often, you know, I'm just really open with them and I always verbalize to them, oh, I'm really sorry, like, you know, mummy's red beast came out and I got a little bit angry before. I'm sorry if that if that upset you and I need to be a lot better at at taming my red beast. We talk about the red beast being angry in our house. So I think 
when they start to see and they have someone modeling to them what it means to understand emotions, to be okay with all spectrum of feelings, but to also really take ownership for what we want in life. That's what you want them to do. So we have to show them by example. Exactly. And in my mind, that is living with grace, Mm. is to be able to show up raw, vulnerable, committed to doing your best each day and forgive yourself when you don't get it right forgive others when they too don't get it right, to surrender what you can't control and honour what you can. You know, this is what this process is all about. So when we say living with grace, what does that mean for you? For me, it's when I'm living with grace, of course, a big part of me in my heart feels like everything's flowing, right? I feel connected to myself. Everything in the house just feels like there's balance. That's when things are perfect. But for me, living with grace also has to be real. So it is exactly what you were saying. Living with grace is acceptance of how we feel, of those moments when we may not be at our best, of the moments when we, um, you know, are judging ourselves or being critical. We have to just accept that things are how they are. And we also, like you said, have to be able to forgive ourselves. If you can't forgive yourself for all your perceived mistakes or your perceived faults, you'll spend the rest of your life in, like it's literally in a turmoil. If you can't forgive yourself, it's um, we are the most harshest critics of ourselves. So that's a big part of being able to let it go and live with grace. Um, And the other part, so I think the three parts for me would be living with grace is acceptance, like I said, forgiveness. And the other part that I'm starting to realise more and more over time is that grace has to involve joy, something that for such a long time I didn't put in part of the, as part of my puzzle. You know, I was always like, I need to feel A, B, C and D and I need to feel... (laughs) peace and like I'm not like my head's not spinning and I was focusing on all these things but something that is so easily accessible to us as mums is joy and it's amazing how many walls can be broken down when we focus on sparking more joy in our life and that's super easy when we've got kids like they just have this innate ability to find joy in anything right like they just are innately and naturally joyful joyful beings so Yeah, for me, joy is a big part of that grace picture. It really is. I love that. Can I flip that a little bit for a moment and and talk to you about how you feel about the, the darkness that you've felt in your motherhood journey? You speak about this a bit in your book about the cards you were dealt with the depression and the anxiety and the tough, dark moments that you've had to move through. And how you feel about that now, because I think many women I've spoken to are sad that that happened, that Mm. they lost the joy of it for a little while, or perhaps some that are listening to this still feel they're in the middle of that darkness and actually just 
hate it. They wish it would go away. They wish they didn't have to learn it this way. Why does it have to be so hard kind of thinking? Talk to us all about how you've come to peace with, with the, I guess, the severity of the journey you've been through and what you would say to others about that now. Yeah, I mean, I can, so much of what you said then resonates so much for me. You know, I've spent so many years in my motherhood journey, you know, on my knees begging, why does this have to happen to us, to me, to our family? Why? Why like this? What is the purpose of all this pain, you know? And for so long I resisted. For so long I... um. I I fought the pain, I fought that darkness and I was like life does not have to be like this but in fighting it I wasn't actually understanding it and I was never really trying to heal it. I was trying to shove it down inside and make it go away and hope for a better better motherhood opportunity. You know, in some ways I felt like I'd I'd been robbed of a beautiful experience and that's... Oh, that's one of the hardest things, you know, looking back at everything that I've been through, feeling in some ways that I've missed out on something and worse still that my that my kids have missed out on um, having me there fully present and loving from my heart every moment when I know that I wasn't, you know, like it's that's really challenging. But one thing I do know that there is always if you're someone at the moment who's just stuck in that space and you just think I know it's so hard you sort of feel like I don't I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel like I feel like this is just consuming me and it's so hard and I want out one thing I will say is that we don't usually see the light until it's right in front of us like something for me that was just like so profound. I spent all this time being like, I can't see when things are going to be better. You know, I just felt like, oh, it's so big, bigger than me, you know, and I don't know how to move through this. And for every moment in my life that I've had an incredibly dark, challenging time, I never see that light until the second before it hits me. Mm. So we often talk about looking for the light at the end of the tunnel, but for me, it might be different for everyone else, but I just feel like I never saw it until I was right about to just step into it. So just know that there's always an opportunity in every moment for something graceful and beautiful to happen. And we can't keep looking long term. Sometimes I think we just have to take one step after the other. And that next step, that's when you might find the light. Like you really just don't know when it's just something's going to happen and it's you'll be there, you know. Um, And I think in terms of like looking back at my experience, oh, there's, um, you know, 100% there's so many times when I think I was, you know, something was taken away from our family having to deal with you know, post-traumatic stress from the birth of my son and then uh, following that postnatal depression and severe anxiety, you know, that just oozes into every part of your life and it's hard to not feel like in some way you've something's been taken away from you. But I am a firm believer that we are only given challenges that we can handle 
and that every challenge we are given has a purpose. And often we don't know that purpose until we're sort of at the end of the journey. Um, So looking back, I just, if I ever have those moments when I'm like, oh, that was awful and, you know, like I don't remember like half of my son's childhood, you know, like when I was in the midst of it, I couldn't even tell you half of what happened back then because I was just so out of it. And that makes me really sad, really, really sad. But I remind myself that there is no purpose for me to live in the past. I have to live in right now. And I know that everything that happened then means that I can be who I am now, Mm. which would not have been possible. You know, I, I had to face that darkness. I had to work through it. And I'm grateful and it's it's it is easier to say that when you're sort of on the other side of things. Um, but having said that, I still have challenges. You know, I think a couple of years ago I lost my mom, and you know, you go through really challenging times, and it brings everything back to the surface. That's one moment in time started stirring up everything again, and you often find that in life. You know, you could experiencing like financial difficulties you could have a you know lose someone you love you might your job might change like there might be some illness in the family and then that weakens you in some way and I found for me that it just brought back all that mum guilt all the stuff you know all everything just came flooding back in so I'm always having moments and just reminding myself that I would only ever be given I would never be given a challenge that I can't handle And I remind myself of that whenever it's hard. Exactly. And with each time that it feels like you're going back, you're actually just preparing to rise higher, as I like to say Mm -hmm. with the spiral analogy. We we feel like we're going backwards. We're not. We're actually gathering momentum to go even higher, to learn even more, to be even better the other side. But it's through the darkness, through those challenges, we find that. And that really, that's grace, isn't it? Holding the Mm -hmm. faith whether you're in the dark or in the light, it's knowing that you have a choice and it's all coming for a reason and you can trust that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Trust is a big part of it, isn't it? I think you have to have trust if you're going through something really challenging, especially if you're, you know, in the midst of like depression and anxiety. In some ways, all you have is faith and trust that you will find that light and you've got to hold on to that because, you know, that your opportunity and to have a more heart-filled life that is, you know, filled with grace, it's coming. Mm. This is just, unfortunately, sometimes it feels so, so incredibly hard, but this is the, um, this is the hard work that comes before all the amazing stuff, you know. I really feel that if you if you can hang in there and think about that any next step that you take could be when you find the light, that's the way I look at it. Don't think really far in the future. Just think I've just got to take one step today, another step tomorrow, and I'm just going to keep on doing that and I'm going to find that light. I'm going to find grace. Mm, and trust that it's coming. You may not, I love that you said, you may not be able to see it right until you're just about to step into it but trust that it's there somewhere and you're moving towards it. A beautiful way to describe it. Thank you, Kathy. It's just 
a really important message for us all, whether we're facing postnatal depression or just a challenge in life where we feel like we've gone back into struggle again. Living with grace is exactly what I hope we can all do. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amy. I loved that interview. I'm sure you did too. It echoes so much of what I've discovered over the last 10 years and what I share with mamas around the world. I think this opportunity to see us growing and learning, no matter how hard it is, is what motherhood's all about. And it is living with grace. You can get a copy of Kathy's book, which is called Living with Grace, from her website, kathyspooner.com.au, and use the code HAPPYMAMA, all in capital letters, to get a 20% discount on the book. This code is valid indefinitely, so even if you're listening back to old episodes and you hear this, you can still jump on Kathy's website and order the book. It's a beautiful read. I highly recommend it. And please, mummers, jump on iTunes and leave a review of this podcast so more mummers who are struggling with postnatal depression or anxiety or just finding the motherhood journey a little bit more bumpy than they thought it would be can come here and hear these conversations and know that we're all in this together. So leave a review, please, so more people can find this and share it. Until next week, Satnam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.